Welcome back to the Create Podcast. <laughs> I'm Kristen Hange. And I am Natalie Roy, Kristen Hange's best friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are. I oh, love the, it. It's a title I'm, I'm proud of. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me feel like the luckiest girl in the whole world. <laughs> Sometimes I say Kristen Hange's wife, you know, whatever. Whatever yes. the day calls her, soulmate, <laughs> whatever. I was talking to someone the other day and I was like, I mentioned their best friend as their wife. Like now I apply it to every best friendship in the whole world. <laughs> exactly. Well, I had this feeling because I hadn't seen you in a hot minute. And then I saw you just the other night and you looked so beautiful. And you had this like purple sparkly eyelash, uh, eyeliner situation happening. And I felt so happy to see you. Like it literally, I had joy in my body. And I know many of us feel this way during the pandemic because we haven't had nearly as much human connection as our bodies and souls and hearts need. Um, and you and I being our, you know, pandemic family that we found each other in was such a saving grace. But then I hadn't seen you in a hot minute. And I, I felt so much feeling in my body, just like seeing your face. <laughs> you look like a Hallmark Christmas movie incarnate. When I saw you, you look so beautiful in your <laughs> red jacket and your cute little winter hat. The next day, I felt like I was fantasizing about you as I walked down the street. I was just thinking. I was like walking down the street just thinking about how pretty you are and what it's like to stare into your eyes. Like, <laughs> and that's when I texted you randomly about how beautiful you are. <laughs> it's really true. I know that people think, you know, are they just doing this for the sake of the podcast? No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> and also the, the real life of, you know, no matter what is happening, in the space of our world, in the space of our energy, in the space of our emotions, that, you know, we can, we can be love for each other. We can embody excitement and joy. And obviously not every moment we see each other is, you know, filled with rainbows and unicorns, but mostly they are because that's what we choose in relationship with each other, that we choose that dynamic and we choose to be playmates with each other. That's right. Yeah. And we continually choose it. Yeah, exactly. I just thought how fun it's going to be because we're, we're planning a little girls trip, me and you, a little getaway. And I was like, oh, do you and I do little mini sneaky podcasts that could add up to one full podcast, but throughout our weekend, yes. just like little chipmunks were like, guess what we're up to? Exactly. Once in a while, we'll like drop uh, <laughs> some download that's coming through, but otherwise, <laughs> we mostly giggle. It may be the podcast that no one listens to, but we will love doing it so much that it's worth. It's a worthwhile endeavor. <laughs> if we're having fun, then it's worth it. Speaking of having fun and feeling high and being on cloud nine, we need to talk about November seventh. Oh, wow. Okay. This was a big, this was a big day. So November 7th, Saturday morning, it was the most beautiful day in New York city. And the autumn leaves were like, I feel like they were blooming like flowers. It was yes. so beautiful outside. And I was in the park and, um, all of a sudden I heard a lot of like screaming and yelling, which is normal in central park because you think, well, someone must be running a marathon or something. And then I looked down at my phone and my best friend here, Kristen Hengi, had sent me a text saying, Joe Biden is the president. And I'll, I immediately, I turned to my husband and I'm like, run! <laughs> I didn't even know where we were going to run, but the instinct was run. And we started running through the Ramble in Central Park, 
basically we were running to get towards the street because the honking and the cheering, it was like, just, just run towards where the happy people are, <laughs> you know? So we had our, our masks and we were running through the park and like our boots and um, we ran to the street and we arrived on the corner of 72nd Street and there was this explosion of joy and people were filled. It, it reminds me of, because I've been listening to Hamilton on my running this, these last nine months, it reminds me of in Hamilton when it's like all these people fill the streets and there's cheers and church bells ringing. And there was one young man who had this beautiful pride flag and he was waving his flag and someone else had an American flag and they were waving it standing on top of their car. And Someone else had a Biden-Harris giant banner. And like where all these people came with all of these things, I have no idea. And people were cheering. And I saw people, uh, friends meeting each other, all masked up and everything, and just embracing each other and sobbing. And so I said, Kristen, I'm on 72nd Street. Where are you? And you're like, I'm coming. <laughs> and I was with my friend Kathleen and she and I had met up for coffee that morning. And as we were standing in line for our coffee, she said, wouldn't it be cool if when we're together, they call it for Joe. And I was like, absolutely. And then we forgot that she even said that we got our coffee. We were taking a beautiful stroll through the park and same thing happened. People just started cheering and horns were honking and we're like, what's going on? Is there a marathon today? What's happening? And then it hit me oh my goodness, look at your phone, Kristen. And then I was like, and you had texted me good morning. And so I, 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 I didn't know if you already knew. And it was just so fun to get to like share that moment. And then you're like, come on. I'm like, Kathleen, we're going to 72nd Street. Come on. And Kathleen was on fire. She just kept shouting, democracy is back. And then to like little kids, she'd go, you're never going to forget this day. You're never going to forget this day. Like all oh. the way down, like life felt like a giant parade. Um, and then I saw you and I was so like in the magic of all of these people spontaneously filling the streets that I didn't even know what was going on. And I just knew that this woman was like jumping up and down holding me. And I was like, oh, wait, this is Natalie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I literally like ran up behind you and lifted you off the ground. I don't even yes. know my instinct. And, and so we had this amazing moment of just like beating on the street corner and yes. getting to look in each other's eyes. And um, we ended up going to this cute little outdoor picnic table kind of place. And we ordered a bottle of champagne with our friends and we sat there. And at one point I remember looking at you across the table, it was kind of like, okay, let's do the things. Let's order champagne. Let's make, okay, we'll get our friends here. Okay. Everyone's here. Okay. And then all of a sudden I kind of like paused and I looked across the table at you and I just started to cry. <laughs> and I had this feeling of like, I didn't know there was so much energy pent up in my body until this moment. I didn't know really what I had been holding until there was a true moment of exhale. And all of us knew in that moment and know now that, you know, miles to go before we sleep. Mm -hmm. You know, this, this just became like a, a marker of, you know, a moment in time that is moving us towards the next moment in time and the next, not to say that, okay, now, you know, everything's done, <laughs> we're good, life goes on. But to have come through the pandemic, to have come through watching so much injustice, watching so many people that we know uh, suffering, 
watching, um, you know, so, so much coming to the surface, so much hatred coming to the surface. And to have had the experience of all of us going through this intense amount of energy, but having to stay apart, not being able to connect. And then to have this moment where it felt like everyone just exhaled and allowed themselves just a moment of joy. Just let's just be here in this moment and let's celebrate what feels like a changing of the tide, what feels like the beginning of something new, what feels like a new beginning. And I'll never forget looking over at you and you just said, yeah, I know. <laughs> and the tears just went down my face and I was like, yeah. I, I don't even have words for this moment. And you're like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and it reminded me of moments in our lives, and I think we all have them, where we feel like we have been trudging uphill or in some sort of conflict or fighting our way through something. And all of a sudden, there is a moment of release. There's a moment of celebration. And you see, oh, this is not for naught. Like there is a pathway here. It seems like there is a purpose. Oh, I am not alone. I am with community. Moments in our life. And I think sometimes they happen at weddings. I think they happen sometimes at graduations or that really awesome job comes through and you're like, oh, yes. Okay, cool. This is the path I'm supposed to be on. And I feel like what happens is in those moments, our doubt dissipates. Mm. In, in those moments, we can feel the truth of our original intention. And that often, whether it's collectively as a country, or if it's individually, or sometimes a family going through a hard time, sometimes it seems like there's not an end in sight. That, the, that, a, 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 that a moment of suffering, that a particular hardship seems uh, unjust or it seems like too much and it, or, or it can seem unbearable. And then I think there are these moments where life just breaks through into relief mm. and we can see, oh, I might be on the other side of something. And, and there may be longer to go, but I can feel now that I have evolved through something that maybe I didn't know if I could, I didn't know I could get through, or maybe I was holding my breath or I was clenched or I was scared. Yeah. It really reminds me. And I know that this was a practice that I had during the whole pandemic was the Kyle cease when he says, what does deep down tell you? And it's that thing of, well, deep down, I know everything's going to be okay, but it doesn't feel okay. And it's, it's like the practice to keep going to the deep down because deep down, there is a knowing of human goodness. There is a knowing of hope. There is a knowing that of everything that has ever happened to this point, personally, globally, collectively, that the human heart, the human spirit and source of love always triumphs, always, always. And sometimes it gets really, really messy first. And sometimes wars happen first. And sometimes many people die first. Like it's not to say that you get to wrap it all up in a pretty bow and say love always wins. But there is this deep down knowing that no matter what is happening, there is a source 
of love inside that is impenetrable to circumstance and to others' opinion and to what's going on outside. And as we continue to live from the deep down, there can be this sense of hope, even in the darkest night of the soul. There can be the sense that can just keep us going one more day at a time or one more moment at a time sometimes. And I do think that what happened during the pandemic for many of us is deep down started getting less accessible because it lasted a long time. Like the, the stimulus, the confrontation, the fear, the stress, the anxiety. And for many people, it's still happening. And so this this moment with the election was an opportunity. What it felt like was, was to bring that deep down just up to the surface of the heart enough to go, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I felt that. And so even if it feels like it disappears down inside again for a minute, it, it was that remembering. And sometimes, you know, we do have to forget to remember so that we can really tap back into that source. And that's where, as we've been talking about, true power is. And sometimes I think it's the hardships that reveal where the deep down is. So if things were all rainbows and butterflies, we might not ever have to turn within and find that place within us. It would be very easy to get dependent upon the outside world for all the good stuff. But when we go through those dark nights of the soul, it teaches us, oh, the power is inside. It's here. It's in me. And one of the things that as we were telling the story, I started thinking about is when Rock of Ages opened on Broadway and that feeling in my body of, oh my goodness, all those years of being a director and like working at it and showing up every day and, you know, the projects coming and disappearing and da, 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 like being on this path that seemed never ending. And then to feel like there was a moment of, oh, the universe is telling me I'm, I'm where I'm supposed to be. Like that place that I kept going to inside of me that, that even when it was tough or even when I was like, can I pay my rent? Like that there was a place inside of me that was like, stay on this path, stay on this path. And then you become grateful because then you start to trust the path even when it's rocky. You're like less afraid of the rockiness and you can go and source that place inside of you and spend more time in that place within that knows than looking to the outer world for validation, mm. right? So we can like start to withdraw our attention from looking. Then the outer world doesn't even need to like, quote unquote, prove itself because you know the place inside of you that knows. And this reminds me of uh, uh, someone who's in one of my classes who told me that there was a project that she'd worked on for a very long time. And she said, I had, I had taken time away from my family even to work on this and years, years, years. And then it didn't pay off. Mm-hmm. Like at the end of it, it didn't become what I wanted it to become. And it's hard for me now to think about investing in another creative project because my heart got broken then, you know, my expectations got broken. And it made me think, oh yeah, that happens often. It happens in love, that someone who is in a long marriage and then it ended horribly and then doesn't want to go back to love or someone who has been through disease and the, the road was too tough. All the times where we feel like 
this has hurt me so much. This has been so tough. I don't know how to even find the will within to want to carry on. Hmm. And so as we start to talk about that deep down place, to me it means I start to live my life in another way. I start to live my life on different terms. I start to find different meaning than the meaning I I thought I was looking for. Mm -hmm. In a way, it almost like rearranges our priorities. And when I was talking to my student, I was sharing with her the one thing that I've learned through having projects is, of course, I can't control what happens to them, right? Some of them might be wildly successful and some of them may not, right? I don't know what's going to happen to them, but I, my job is to show up and to love them. Some of them are very easy and some of them bring me to my knees and there's betrayal and heartbreak and devastation. But it's who I become in the showing up for them. And the same thing with love mm-hmm. and the same thing with starting a business And the same thing with going through sometimes physical ailments, uh, who it teaches me how to be and how to, it transforms me. Yeah. These experiences transform me. It makes me think too, so much of the time when we have what feels like a fractured relationship with, with someone who needs to be in our life or who we want to have in our life. Like for example, a family member or a parent or your own child, you know, it's not like you can say, well, I'm just going to have a boundary and not see that person anymore. I mean, we can, absolutely. You can do that. Um, but you know, especially when it comes to family, there's the, the blood is inside of us, right? Like I can, I can physically separate from that person, but their, their blood is still coursing through my body. So no matter how much space I put there, I'm still in relationship with them and with it. And it really makes me think I was listening to a lovely lady share the other day about, you know, I want to talk to my mom and I have had this, um, experience where I can see her side as well as my own. But I know if I talk to her, she's just going to deflect or she's just going to tell me it's all my fault or she's just going to, you know, not want to hear it. And she was like, so what do I do if that's the circumstance? What do I do if I know I'll put in all the action and the answer might still be a closed door? What will possibly inspire me to continue to take an action if I know I'll take that action and it'll still be a closed door? Or, or if I know there's a big probability of it being a closed door, if I take that action. And it was really interesting because as I was listening to her, I thought, well, the closed door or the closing of her heart is irrelevant towards you having the conversation because who you become in being sourced enough, in being brave enough, in being forgiving enough and open-hearted enough, in being willing to have the conversation without any attachment on them needing to receive it, that becomes an absolute superpower that you get to carry the rest of your life with you. And it's irrelevant if that person even sees that quality in you because you get to be it. That's exactly right. And it's so funny. I just had the most strange psychic moment where you're talking about 
a person who's being brave enough to make amends. And as you start to do this, I remember that yesterday I ordered a book on how to truly make an apology. And as you're talking, I'm like, oh, the buzzer is going to ring right now and it's going to be delivered. And then the buzzer rang. Oh, amazing. Isn't that crazy? Yep. Forgiveness is here. (laughs) Forgiveness is at the door. Yeah. Um, Because I had this download of there's places, there's someone in my life who, uh, uh, you know, there's like something that is unfinished, unsettled. And I felt spirit telling me, you go in and do all the work, whether or not they ever want to talk to you again, there are still places inside of you where there's work that needs to be done. Mm. And, and there's an inner journey that is, that's still, it's not, it's, it's not finished yet. Yeah. And, when I think of uh, places where there is difficulty in our life, you know, with a family member, with a person that you love, um, it also makes me think of the division going on right now in our country. And it feels like there's a call for unity. Mm. And unity requires stepping completely into someone else's shoes. So where do we still hold on to that idea that we're separate from another? Mm. And that's one of the downloads that I was kind of getting this week is you have to let go of your ideas of separateness, your ideas of separateness from another and any ideas of separateness from source. Are you willing to dissolve the, where the barriers inside still live, especially the ones you can't even see, the yeah. ones you're blind to? Yeah. And speaking of, you know, the division, even in the country, right after the election, I did have a call with someone who's very opposite of of where I am politically. And we were, we were like actually doing our best as two people who deeply desire to be conscious. We were doing our best to say what our experience was and also to really try to hear the other person. And it was really interesting that in my listening of her experience, what what the process brought up for her and let's take let's for this moment just take off the table like well that's not the facts like mm-hmm. this is the experience of how this person felt and it felt so real to them in the same way I can say it feels real to me that it's cloudy today and someone else might say well I think it's kind of sunny you know whatever it's it, that that's the that's the truth of her experience that she was having come up for her because of the so much information that the uh, that Donald Trump was saying, and her her belief was that what that person was saying was true. And so for her, what was coming up is, I feel betrayed. I feel that something is being taken, and I feel powerless. Like I feel like what that person is saying is accurate. And so everything I'm seeing around me looks like a big betrayal. And it reminded her of when her father had deeply betrayed her and her family when she was a little kid. Mm. So what she was reacting to isn't votes being counted. She's reacting to what happens when she feels betrayed and powerless by a man in power. And she feels like she doesn't know what to do about that. And she feels like, you know, literally like her life is at stake because of this betrayal. And it's, and so if, if we can open our hearts to see that we're none of us, no matter how we feel about what is happening, are 
fully responding only to this one moment in time, that we're all responding to our own layers of pain, where we've been hurt, where we've been betrayed, where we've been lost. And it's very, very easy to make an us versus them with anything, with our creativity, with our relationships, with our families, with our politics. And I think if I really open my heart to both sides of the conversation, it's two uh, traumatized sides who both feel deeply scared by the other. Yes. And we can argue um, that one side has more right to be scared or whatever. But at the end of the day, it's, it's traumatized beings trying to interact with one another, but all we continue to interact with is the trauma. And I think that's why you and I felt so much hope the day of the election, because what is being spoken about as possibility is let's stop being enemies and let's find a way to, to come towards union. And that's what feels like the healing. Yeah. And union becomes, I think, a really interesting word. How do we find the oneness? How do we find the ability to not make an other? How do we come from a place of empowerment where I believe if we see ourselves ever as victims, we're immediately creating another. And it's a disempowering place. And life is asking us to change the conversation so that we know that we are empowered. And that is from within. So from the source within is where we receive our power. And then then we can start having another conversation with life. I was talking with someone the other day and you know, I love that Louise Hay app on the phone where you can heal your body and it tells you the spiritual reason behind every element. And we were laughing and joking about how, well, everything is spiritual, of course. So everything has a spiritual anecdote behind it. And then the form becomes interesting because what is the form telling me about what's spiritually going on here? Mm right? So mm. whether it is, it's an issue in my own life or it's an issue in the world, what, like if I could break down the form and see what's spiritually going involved, there's where the conversation wants to start. Yes. Right. And that reminds me of the Richard Rohr uh, meditation that I sent to you. Right. So if you don't know uh, Richard uh, Rohr, he uh, is a spiritual writer and a teacher. He started as a friar, I believe. Isn't that cool? Oh, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. Um, I think he was a, um, yeah, a Franciscan friar. Oh, that's so cool. I don't know any friars. <laughs> He's my first one. And, uh, he sent out, um, he sends out a daily kind of devotional reader, but this one talked about you know, living in two worlds. Mm. And this is a, a quote from what he wrote. There are always two worlds. The world as it, is, as it usually operates on power, ego, and success. The, and the world as it could be operates out of love. One is founded on diminutive power and the other is a continual call to right relationship and reciprocal power. The secret of this kingdom life is discovering how we can live in both worlds simultaneously. 
So it's like, we're never going to get out of that world that has power, ego, success, and also pain, trauma, frailty, scarcity. But there's also another world that's always going on. And that's love. And that is faith. And that is abundance. And it is true power. It is reciprocal power. It's respect. It's a different way of operating. And I think if when we were talking about like withdrawing our attention from the outer world, we're really talking about withdrawing our, our attention from the world of the ego. Yeah. So that we can, so when we take a stand for operating out of love, for operating out of how the world could be, then we create the space for it. Right. It's like we live in a world where there's natural duality and, and we all know this, like where there's adoration and elevation, like when someone wants to put you on a pedestal, that's also the same person who will deeply resent you, right? It's, it's like there's, there's always the duality happening at any given moment that where there's pleasure, there is pain. And often simultaneously, like you can think about someone who's just, you know, gone through labor, which is arguably one of the most difficult, strenuous, painful experiences ever. And then there's the birth of the new baby, which is arguably, according to people who've gone through this process, the most miraculous, life-changing, life-altering moment ever. And those things are happening at the same time. And so part of what happens is we end up having this fantasy that life is only meant to be for joy, that mm. life is only meant to be for the good stuff. And if all of a sudden some, some trauma or some shame or uh, some problem or pain is coming up, we assume there's something wrong with us. We assume we attracted in something negative. We assume that, that um, we must have taken a misstep or done something wrong. When the project doesn't get loved by the world, it must be that I made a mistake on the project or that I'm not good enough or there's something wrong with the project. We forget that life in its setup is meant to be both. It's meant to be good and bad, loving and not. And so when we can take off the, the fantasy glasses that it ever has to be one way or the other, we can get that we will either spend our entire lives reacting to what is already created in the world and either feeling victimized by it or relief when it's not going that way, or we become the source, the flow of whatever we want to see more of on the planet. And so we know that there's that place inside of us that can always create and generate more of what we want. We can generate more peace. We can generate more love. And so we are then putting into the soup of the world more of what we want to see instead of complaining about or arguing for when the limitations come. Yes. And I think one of the things that happens is we create meaning from some of those experiences in life. So life is just being life. It's given us some good, some bad. It's life is being life. And we, and I don't even want to say good or bad. Like I don't even want to create the, the duality. The separation, there, yeah. Right? Exactly. The separation. Life is being life. It's giving phenomenal, yeah. right? And I have to look at where I have assigned meaning. And then that meaning I've incorporated as a law. Mm. And so where have I decided I made a meaning out of something that occurred in my life and then I keep operating out of that meaning. And I feel like, you know, a lot of the work I've done this year is just being willing to look where meaning got created and then 
be willing to let that meaning dissolve. Mm. No, it's like the what else is possible here? Because I feel like sometimes those meanings hide inside of us and we become victimized by our own meaning making, right? And that's the thing that is kind of keeping us in a jail that's keeping us from knowing how expansive and wonderful we are. Like we made a decision that taking a risk would lead to harm and that has kept us from trying this or exploring that or asking the question of what if. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's, that becomes really just an interesting thing to play with of where have I created uh, a separation? Yeah. And I think what gets really powerful is what if, if I know I'm a meaning making machine, so to speak, if I know I'm just going to go around making meaning out of everything, then I can also know that I get to decide. And what if I decide it means what I say it does? Mm-hmm. And what if my creative actions or my conversations or the things I do with my time mean that I am taking a stand to not abandon myself? Yeah. And so if I make it mean that I am in an intimate relationship with myself, always getting to know myself better, always willing to look at myself without judgment, but with the ultimate compassion. If I make all of my actions mean I'm just trying to get closer and closer to loving myself, then what it will mean out in the world is that I am generating a source of unconditional love within myself that only then gets carried out into every single person that I come into contact with. Oh, that a hundred percent. I have an act of self-love for this week that I am so excited to report to my wife and my community. I think I texted you a little bit about this, but we've been doing this bear tribute for its 20th anniversary. So bear is a musical that I directed 20 years ago. And we've been, because we couldn't do a big fancy concert or, you know, shoot something really fancy because we can't fly all over, you know, and do interviews with people. We're like, well, what can we do? Cause we're in the middle. Well, we can do what all of us do. We have, we can have some zoom conversations, but perhaps we can have some really intimate and really meaningful zoom conversations about what the show meant and then put them together. So I've been editing them uh, with my brother who's been super awesome. And he and I have been kind of like working for a couple of weeks now. And it was going to air on Sunday and Saturday night, we looked at each other and we just saw all these things we still wanted to do. And my little brother said to me, don't worry, we can stay up all night and get it done. And I said, Oh, Michael, I (laughs) learned that I'm not supposed to hurt myself anymore. Hmm. And what I really want to integrate is that the universe never wants me to do anything that means I have to be in pain. Mm. And when I saw him with his cute little red eyes and like, he was so, I mean, he had just edited something together. He was so happy with, he was weeping, but he'd been on the computer so long that he was just like, he just, he had nothing left. And I was like, you know what we do? We're in 2020. There are no rules. We push a week and we take our time and we get it right that's, that's the most loving thing that we can do. And there's a friend of mine who always says, uh, self-care is God's care. Mm. Right. So when I'm really caring for myself, then I'm showing up and being the care that the universe wants to provide to me. 
but I have to be a steward of that care. Yeah. And all the projects we create have to come from care. The babies we create come from love, come from care. The, the, you know, the projects we do, the conversations we have, it's like the energy going in will be reflective of how it comes out. And so often, and I know this, I see people hustling and pushing and thinking that one day I'll be able to relax and enjoy the ride but not right now. Right now I have to push and become someone and make it. And, and what gets made is, is via the energy that you put into the making of it. And so if we can take a stand now to say, I, I will show up how it feels loving. I, I will act in a way that feels loving and, and generous to myself and to my time and my space of my body and my attention. I mean, you know me, I love to kind of like physically push my limits. And one thing that I've really learned during the quarantine is like, does my body actually want to run today or does my ego want to run today? Am I doing this for my waistline or am I doing this because that feels like what my body actually wants? And so just always being in that dialogue of what feels like love. Am I moving from love? Am I operating from love? And I believe that once we start doing that, our relationship with the, you know, the Bhagavad Gita talks about we are entitled to our actions, but not the fruits of those actions. If I'm only entitled to my actions, I better make sure that those actions come from love and are loving to myself and loving to what I say I want, loving to what my vision of myself is on this planet. And if and when they are, then I don't need any results. I'm living the results because I'm living in a state of love, even though the other world of circumstance is still doing whatever it's doing. You know, there's still going to be trauma. There's still going to be heartbreak. But one who is completely sourced in themselves with love and knowing that they're safe and knowing that I know how to take care of myself no matter what happens in that big bad world, that's power. That is a hundred percent power because at the end of the day, that's all we can control. We can only control how we care for ourselves, how we are with ourselves. And I have been asking myself to bring more consciousness to my life because I can see where I go unconscious. And all of the sudden I'm like, I just, I was just pushing myself. Hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. Like I left the source of love for a moment and went into my unconscious behaviors. And I was like, what a wonderful reminder just to come back and be like, how does this moment feel? Am I inside what feels good to me? Am I inside connecting to my source? Am I inside the source of love and realizing that all of life is forgetting and remembering and forgetting and remembering. And I'll keep doing that dance with myself. And I can just be gentle again as I say, come home, come home, love, come home. Mm. Um, and that, you know, speaking of coming home, when we talked about, about two worlds, I realized I had on my shelf this Joel S. Goldsmith book, Living Between Two Worlds, which is uh, very fun, but talks about how there's like the world of this material world, the world of form and the world of spirit and the way that those two dance together, right? And how we can be inside the dance of, of bringing um, our connection into the world on very similar lines. 
And I love this quote. I, I shared with Natalie, friends who are listening at home, that I had underlined this in blue, put a star next to it, and wrote, this is it. <laughs> I get so excited when I'm reading and making notes. So Joel says, as I withdraw power from the external realm, as I die to my humanness, I am reborn into my spiritual sonship. So as you draw power back into the I that you are, fear of the outer world disappears. Mm. Why outline what God's will or destiny should be for you? Instead, let the inner ear be open as you listen with the invisible ear, waiting to hear the inaudible word of God. You are not asking for anything. You are realizing your oneness with your source, communing with it, and making room for the spirit of God to awaken in your consciousness. Then it will do its work in you and for you and through you always it will do it. And I just love that it's that power that moves through us that does it. And I think all of us who are in the creative realms have known that feeling of being open to the flow and you watch the flow move through you and it accomplishes, it speaks, it acts, it paints, it creates the music. And I do think it's really important to treasure and value our humanness that the humanness itself is rich and wonderful. We're not trying to get a, get rid of our humanness or shame yes, our humanness, yes. right? Like, we don't want to be We're like... We're not trying to get out of it. We don't need to be uh, better. We don't need yes. to fix. You don't yes. need anyone else to tell you what's wrong with you. Yes. If anyone tells you there's something wrong with you and they know the answer, run away. Run yes. away from those people. Yes. <laughs> the humanness is juicy. The humanness is... Yeah it's thick it's awesome it's great and not so and not even to create separation there that the spirit is like more mighty than the human like it's the integration of them and that they're needed and they're in partnership right so coming back to the unity but, but allowing spirit itself to do its job through the human form and so allowing ourselves to be these wild primal awesome animals that we are and also we are vehicles for the spirit to move through us and all of it is welcome all of it is welcome and when we can be the use whatever language you want here when we can be the god of our own lives when we can be the source of love for our own selves then you'll find that the fluctuations of that other world stop excuse my language fucking with us so much yes that's it we just don't want it yeah. to fuck with our, 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 our joy. We just don't want it to no. fuck with our, you know? We don't exactly. want it to fuck with our we vibe. We know why we came here. Yes. We watch a little newborn baby just like, I need to cry, cry over. Now I need to laugh, laugh over. Now I need to be mad, do it, great. We're just these, these animals that are just going through our own process of getting to know ourselves. And somewhere along the way, we got it in our heads that there was something wrong with us that we needed to improve upon. Mm-hmm. And we started spending our lives shaming and blaming ourselves and then thus shaming and blaming the people we choose to spend our lives with and the life itself that we're in. And we just got it all wrong that yes. from the get-go, we came here to love. We came here to express ourselves. We came here with, with talent and possibility and potential. And we came here 
to get to know ourselves through the experience of this world. And this world was never promised to be a walk in the park. It's meant to be dramatic and exciting and full of passion and full of heartache. And we were never meant to make any of that about our goodness or our badness. We were just meant to know ourselves more fully and more as lovable through those things. Preach. <laughs> and I also want to say, and the game is experimentation. There is no right way. It is a relationship with self and we only get to know self through experimenting. And so when we're trying to be in a path that's dictated by someone else or someone's done before, then we're only retreading someone else's relationship with their self. So our yes. relationship with ourself can only be found on our own journey, which is only found through giving ourselves permission to say, I don't know, what if? Let me play. Let me put paint on the canvas. Let me see if I like this way of life or if I like that way of life. That the ride, the being in the form for the fun of the play in the form. Mm. And there's nowhere to get and there's nothing to win and there's no one's approval that matters. It's here so that you might know yourself and through you knowing and loving yourself, then you can extend that love. It just emanates through you. It, you know, it's like the world gets improved as you create the space where you can like play in your own form. And, and then you, what you learn about how to love yourself gets infused in everything that you create. Amen. And so I would love to just throw out the gauntlet for anyone who's listening in the same way Kristen said, you know, I'm just not going to do that to myself. I'm, I'm going to do what feels like love. Uh, we would just invite you this week to just ask yourself leaving, you know, pressing stop on this podcast, what would feel like love now? Ask yourself when you lay your head on your pillow at night, what would feel like love now? Ask yourself when you go to decide what you want to eat, what would feel like love now? Ask yourself when you're going to go and make that phone call, what would feel like love now? When you're going down to write those pages, when you're going for your run, when you're doing your groceries, what would feel like love now? And keep that conversation alive and well between you and the deep down part of you that is the love. And you will see how your navigation through this crazy world, these two worlds, this crazy universe that we're living in will start to make a lot more sense. Yeah. Oh, that's the kind of world I want to live in. I want to live in the world where everyone treats themselves with love. That's a revolution. That is. All right. Well, I feel like on that note. On that note, it feels like yeah. you have to say goodbye. <laughs> yes. Um, we love you guys. You feel like Thank love much. to us. Uh, we're so grateful that you take time and you're like our friends and our family and thank you for being part of these conversations and for the work that you are doing in your own inner life, the explorations that you're doing. And because there is no separation, the inner work you're doing is connected to the inner work we're doing. It feels like all one inner work. It's all happening at the same time. We're all jamming on this inner conversation. Mm -hmm. So thank you for being part of this party of this world that is an unfolding from the inside of our own consciousness. 
We love you so much. If you have podcast ideas for us, if you want to hang out with us more often, we would love to invite you to join our Create Community Facebook page. It's the acronym of Create, C.R.E. A, no, A, dot E. Oh, so great. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're the cutest. R dot E, A, T, dot T, dot E. I couldn't spell for a moment, but it's okay because I love myself. Um, <laughs> you can join our Create Facebook page. And even better, if you want to go over to our Facebook, uh, the uh, website, thecreateseries.com, you can join our mailing list. We have lots of yummy courses coming up. We have lots of free content. We have lots of things we love to share with you. And you're always uh, welcome to come and join in our party. So thank you. Thank you so much for listening. We love to feel like we have friends all over the world in you who are committed to doing their dream on the planet. And if you like this podcast and you want to find out more about what we're doing or who we are, our pop-up classes, our online classes, you can check all of that out at thecreateseries.com. And if you want to be part of our Facebook community, you can go to the Create Community page. That's C period R period E period A period T period E period community. And if you loved this podcast, why not share it with a friend? 